It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. We've got a good one in store today. Coming up in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with um, author Gerald Everett Jones about his uh, new installment in his uh, mystery thriller series this one called preacher raises the dead by gerald everett jones he'll join me by phone coming up a little later in the show in the middle in the second hour of our three-hour tour we're going to talk once again with paul mango he is the um let's see if i can get this right um he is the former deputy chief uh, Deputy Chief of Staff for the um, for Health and uh, what is it um, Health and Human Services. He was involved. In fact, he was on the show talking about uh, Operation Warp Speed, and he had some interesting things to say. How it was working with Donald Trump behind the scenes uh, when the cameras and spotlights weren't all focused on him, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's been a year. Uh, since uh, Joe Biden was sworn in as uh, President of the United States. And Paul Mango has some interesting comparisons between uh, President Biden's handling of the, uh, of the pandemic, of the whole COVID-19 um, emergency, and, and how President Trump handled it, and he's going to compare those things. We're going to talk about that, as I mentioned, during the second hour of our three-hour tour. But during the first hour, we're going to talk a little bit about um, oh, supply chain backups and, and uh, uh, server outages and other technology impacts on the U.S. economy and what it's going to look like going forward in 2022 with the uh, president of Amazon e-commerce shop, Desert Cactus, Joe Stefani, will be joining me in a few minutes. Now, when we first uh, first started uh, this year with new shows back uh, at the beginning of the month, I said I was going to try and do these, uh, uh, oh, just stupid lines, uh, quotes, things that show up on signs and uh, in in books on bumper stickers and memes and so on that are that are just dumb and i thought i would 
you know, share one every day because I so often say dumb things myself. I thought it'd be nice to know I'm not the only one and, and to share that. And it doesn't always work out that way because I don't, you know, I don't want to leave guests hanging um, when they're calling in, you know, for an appointed uh, interview. But when I do have a few extra minutes, I will squeeze a few of these in. These these come from a calendar that was given to me for Christmas by my sister. And when I first opened it, I thought she had collected dumb things that I had said, but uh, no, it's from other people. And when whenever we have a few minutes like we do this morning, and we do just have a few minutes before I start my uh, conversation with uh, Joe, and that I would share a few of these. So I'm going to play catch up a little bit. And I, and I picked a few out. This one uh, got my, my attention. This was a sign in a deli in Washington, D.C. And it's just simply a misspelling, but it completely changes the message. The message says, please use tongues to pick pastries. Thanks. <laughs> And this is, uh, uh, and here are a couple of my favorites. Um, one came from a sign in a Walmart where they had attached their everyday low price of $2.64 to uh, something identified as intimidation crab meat, which maybe meant imitation crab meat. And, and this sign uh, from a, a metro turnstile in Tokyo, Japan, just simply covers all the bases by saying, please do not anything. <laughs> uh, let's see, here's one. Um, now that people are starting to travel again, um, this was a, uh, let's see, uh, this just says this is an actual call to a travel agent. Um, the travel agent is telling the customer, you'll need a visa to travel to China. And the customer says, but I only have a MasterCard. <laughs> okay. And this one actually uh, was the one uh, for today's date. Um, and And this is... <laughs> This is a boo-boo by a journalist. And it says, uh, three out of four of them were unanimous. I suppose that's uh, unanimous enough for us. Anyway, we still have a couple of minutes before, before I... Uh, begin my conversation with um, Joe Stefani, president of Amazon e-commerce shop Desert Cactus, talking about uh, oh, uh, Amazon uh, server outages and supply chain backups and other things that uh, technology may have some influence over as we look at uh, e-commerce going into 2022 then a little later in the show we're going to compare trump and biden on handling of uh, uh, covid 19. i, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation and uh, then finally in the third uh, third hour of our three-hour tour we're going to talk with uh, 
thriller author Gerald Everett Jones about his book Preacher Raises the Dead. And one thing I would I would love to start doing again, and I just I don't know how it would work out, but uh, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe you could send me a note on Facebook or something if um, if if I should start having listeners call in again. We used to, we did that a few years ago, and it was actually kind of fun and kind of interesting, and and we had some regulars that called in. Um, It'd be interesting to see what your thoughts are and if you'd actually participate. So many people listen to it, you know, either by stream or later in the day because the show repeats all day. Um, it and a lot of the a lot of the interviews are pre-recorded, um, but I have the ability to take calls while I have guests on the line, and. Uh, Maybe I could, maybe we could start doing that again. I don't know. Whatever your thoughts are, shoot me a note. In the meantime, uh, we're going to just move on and, and begin our conversations because they are the uh, meat of the show. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is president of Amazon e-commerce shop Desert Cactus. His name is Joe Stefani. He joins me by phone. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Tell, tell, tell me very quickly about Desert Cactus. What is that? Uh, so we are a direct-to-consumer brand, and what we do is we make non-apparel-type products. So flags, license plate frames, stickers, keychains, you know, all the tchotchke stuff. And what we do is we go out and get licensing agreements with different uh, big brands, and we use um, the logos from those brands to make products. So we have deals with the NBA, uh, the NHL, 675 colleges, universities, and a bunch of other stuff, like bands like Ozzy Osbourne, uh, animation properties like Popeye, you know, ton of other stuff and this is all done um through the internet and shipping you don't I, i'm guessing you don't have a, a bricks and mortar store or presence yeah so we are predominantly on amazon that that's our channel um since amazon is such a huge presence now in everybody's lives um, we we sell you know exclusively through Amazon, and what's nice is our products uh, will pre make a, a ridiculous amount. You know we might make you know anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand lanyards, let's say for our University of Michigan, and then we'll ship them throughout the country uh, to Amazon warehouses. And that way, when a customer buys on Amazon that product, it gets shipped to them. You can get it maybe the same day, or maybe the next day, or two days. Is 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 that like print on demand? Dude, that's a great question. Actually, it's, uh, it's we don't do the print on demand. Uh, we actually produce the product in bulk. Where like print on demand, you know, they would get let's say an order, like a single order, and then they'll fire up the machines and they'll print a single product, and um, and they'll keep doing that over and over and over again. Where where we do it, we would produce you know, maybe 200, maybe 1,000 at one time and wait for the orders to come in. 
And then when it starts, you know, when when your quantity starts running down, then you print up another batch. Co- correct. And, and the way we do it, it's more consistent because, like, with the brands we're dealing with, they need to make sure that if the Chicago Bulls red is, you know, a certain color, then you need to make sure it's the same, whether it's lanyard number one or lanyard number 500. And with print-on-demand, it's so hard to keep <laughs> matching the colors over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, I would think. And, and, you know, who wants a Spider-Man in a pink shirt? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, and, and the thing is, too, is, like, if you're, if you're a huge fan of Spider-Man, you know exactly what the colors look like. So, like you said, if it comes out, if the red comes out kind of pink, you you know as a customer. So... That's why I like producing the product in bulk, even though it is super capital intensive. But Joe, what happens to your operation when we have the the kind of server outages and supply chain backups that we've been hearing about now for months? That's a great question. Okay, so when it comes to um, the server outages, we've been fortunate in terms of orders coming in. There, we have not seen a delay in that. So the orders would still come in when Amazon Web Services is down. The only time the orders wouldn't be coming through is if the actual Amazon.com actually goes down. But where we see major issues when AWS goes down is, um, you know, the couple times, you know, three times um, in November and December that AWS went down. And it essentially paralyzed us to a point where we couldn't send packages out to customers. So the orders are there. We just couldn't get the, you know, the orders out to the end customer if we're shipping it from our warehouse in Chicago. Or Amazon's delivery drivers maybe can't deliver the items because their systems are down. So that's, that's where we have seen, you know, a hiccup with that. Um, now, when it comes to the supply chain issue... We've, we've been pretty fortunate um, during supply chain. Obviously, everybody has issues, whether, you know, not only do you have supply chain issues with, um, you know, actual, let's say, um, raw goods and stuff, but I, I also consider the labor shortage part of supply chain, too. Sure. Um, you know, we've had, we, we all have had issues, but our issues haven't been as bad as everybody else's, um, especially... You know, I would say probably about half our products are made domestically, and then half of them are made overseas. And, and if we're bringing in, you know, these smaller tchotchke items over from China, if it's a keychain, you know, that's pretty inexpensive for us to ship on a plane. But if we're shipping a flag, it's super expensive. So we would ship by boat. And what I've done is pretty much worn the hat of an investigator um, since the start of, of COVID, where... You know, I'll research traffic in, of the ports on the West Coast, and the ones that look pretty attractive, that's where we'll tell our, our shipping partner, hey, we want our goods to go through this specific port. And, um, you know, October and November of 2021, where, you know, you hear about all the stories of these ships being stuck off Long Beach, California, we've had stuff only be on the ocean for maybe 20 days. Which is which is not bad compared to some people have seen sixty or seventy-five days. More about server outages and supply chain backups and the impact on American businesses with Joe Stefani from Desert Cactus.
straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You know, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. 
Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More about server outages and supply chain backups and the impact on American businesses with Joe Stefani from Desert Cactus. Straight ahead. Well, I was really surprised through the holiday season, um, Joe, and and maybe you can comment on this. It it just seemed like um, the reports and and the fears of of log jams and slowdowns was worse than what a lot of us really experienced. Yeah, you know, it's. I think part of the issues, I think it depends specifically on the vendor who's supplying the stores, you know, how much disruption was there exactly, and also what types of stores you go to as well. Um, and, yeah, and again, I remember seeing, supplying those stores. I remember seeing news reports showing, you know, these shipping containers stacked up, you know, as, as high as they could go and, you know, crammed in in such a way that you couldn't even get trucks in to load them out and thinking that everything was at a complete standstill but actually the little bit of shipping that sandy and i did this year went smoother than last year yeah you know and i also have seen that as well too from a personal perspective you know stuff that we have bought online even my employees same type of thing the only disruptions i really have seen has been um, since the beginning of November, almost every single one of my orders, if it was shipped uh, by FedEx, it was always late, all the time. But post office, uh, UPS, no issues at all for us. Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I'm just theorizing here, like maybe it is the media was trying to play it up a lot more so than what it really was in terms of, you know, laying out the worst case scenario and obviously that did not happen at all but again i mean i think it just depends on the goods that people were looking for because i do know people who are in the halloween business making costumes and stuff yeah and i know they really got hit hard big time um i've heard some you know christmas decorations and stuff like that but you know it's just one of those things where you um a lot of people like us who manufacture overseas you're kind of in this lose-lose situation because you know, the people that didn't plan in advance, uh, these companies, or didn't have enough inventory, they might have gotten, you know, lost sales because they didn't order enough. Um, the stuff wasn't here fast enough. But then next year, if you order too much, you potentially could be stuck with inventory. So you really have to make the best educated decisions you can as a manufacturer of how much you think you are going to sell. And with our company, it's extremely difficult. Well, I was going to ask, it, it sounds like you made some some strategic adjustments to how and where you get goods. And, and I just wonder if there weren't a lot of manufacturers and, and producers that found themselves in the same position you were of just saying, you know, well, maybe I need to, you know, become a little bit of an investigator and, you know, kind of... 
make a new map. Yeah, and, and that's something where I feel like, uh, and, and I guess maybe part of the reason why some companies were not in a good position is maybe, uh, you know, the, uh, they were short on manpower, and then the owners have to fill in and, and do tasks that they usually don't have to do. You know, so they didn't have the yeah. time to to play that investigator. Um, but but I know for us specifically, the challenging part for us, especially when we deal with professional sports leagues and college teams, we don't know going into the season who is going to be, let's say, for college football, make the college you know football playoffs. Or the NBA, who's going to make it to the finals? You know, you you at least have a good idea of who might be competitive team-wise, let's say, in the NBA prior to the season. But like the Chicago Bulls, for example, you know, we expected them to be okay this season, but they're doing really, really well. So obviously we're selling a lot more Chicago Bulls stuff than what we even anticipated. Uh, just like University of Michigan, doing really really well at football this year we sold a lot of stuff with them, a lot right, more than what we thought right till the bitter end <laughs> right to the end yeah so, so that's hard because so like if you put yourself in my shoes now and you're trying to order for the 22 calendar year how many university of michigan let's say flags or lanyards do you make because you have to guess out so many months in advance and start getting products ready you know, so you can understand, like, you know, we were, I was telling you earlier about how a lot of manufacturers are put in this lose-lose situation. If I don't guess uh, enough, you know, we're leaving money on the table and not making extra sales. But if I guess too little, or I'm sorry, if, if I guess too little, we're leaving money on the table. If we go through and make too many, we get stuck with all this extra inventory. Yeah, which which is worse, trying to ramp up if you run a little short or getting stuck with extra i would rather get stuck with extra that that's me personally uh just because we have the space we have the capital that we could do that um i right because i know if i order you know a thousand university of michigan flags and i only sell 600 in 2021 the way i look at it is hey i'm going into next year with already 400 ready to go as long as they're not time sensitive as long as it's not time sensitive, and I guess with us, and this just adds the complexity, University of Michigan is not going to change their logo, you know. But you might have like a mid-tier Division One school, let's say a DePaul University in Chicago, they might change their logo. So obviously, if I, you know, if you insert DePaul University into my example of a thousand flags, and I get stuck with 400 at the end of the year, what do I do if in March of this year, DePaul changes their logo? No one wants an old logo flag. So so we have all these other complexities added on to how many do I order? You know, oh, the logos might change, the colors might be tweaked, and it happens a lot more than what you realize. Well, I was thinking more in terms of uh, things like 21-22 season. Um you know those oh absolutely like like those how about the examples oh absolutely like so for instance when tampa bay um won the championship in the nhl you know we started producing stickers saying hey stanley cup champions you know and you have the tampa bay uh lightning logo on there and that was something that you know we were trying to guess okay how many do we make because like you said that's a time sensitive thing yeah you might have some demand for that product 
over the you know the few years after the team wins, but at some point, you know, no one's going to want that, you know. Yeah, I would think that that would be you know extremely difficult. As as you look forward to uh, you know now that we're into twenty twenty two, what do things look like this year? It, it is the are the log jams easing up? Is it getting smoother to get things as they're needed? So, as we all know, a lot of products that um, Americans buy are made overseas. That's just, you know, that's the way it is. You know, iPhones, you know, a lot of smaller, inexpensive items are made overseas and they're brought over. Clothing. Well, you know, my radio show is based in Flint, Michigan, and we're right in the heart of car-making country, and Lots are full of cars that can't get chips. Yeah, exactly. And so what we're seeing right now, because the chip example is a great example. Um, You know, there is not a lot of chips that are made in the United States. A lot of them are made overseas. Uh, My parents have a house in in, uh, the, the greater Phoenix, Arizona metro area, and there are multiple chip factories being made because there's this huge demand and there's shortage on chips, but these are factories that aren't going to be live until 2024 or 2025 because they're, they're massive. They're huge. And so, you know, you are going to have that reliance on supply chain or on, you know, pieces coming over from overseas. And I can tell you right now with Chinese new year, you know, right around the corner now, you know, we had already had disruptions in 2022 already where, you know, we've had goods making its way to a specific port in China and the port gets shut down because of COVID. Because China right now, if there's just a couple COVID cases, let's say in Flint, Michigan, imagine them shutting down the entire city of Flint, Michigan and saying, everybody stay home, you can't leave your houses. So imagine what that's doing already to like companies like us, we're trying to get the goods out of there. Um, and it's hard because then you have to reroute it to a different port. So I, just, I was hoping 2022 was going to be better, but I don't know. I just read a story, Joe, of uh, uh, a um, woman who went on a blind date uh, in China. And the date was her, her date had invited her to his home to cook dinner for her. And then they did one of these sudden shutdowns and she ended up quarantined at a blind date's house <laughs> oh my gosh oh my god <laughs> now they they had fun with it you know they tweeted out you know pictures and you know funny sayings and things and you know they 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 made the best of it <laughs> but but i understand that's that's just such a funny example of what happens because you're right china when they you know, all of a sudden they decide, you know, hey, we've spotted some cases, we're shutting down. It's an absolute quarantine right now this minute. Yeah, and, you know, and we actually, so you figure, I mean, a lot of the United States, um, you know, March of, you know, 2020, you know, is when things really started getting crazier in the States. And, and you know, we're in Chicago, you know, it's, um, you know, people being forced to stay home for a couple of weeks and such. This is stuff that we were actually hearing from our Chinese partners uh, back in December of 2019. So imagine us getting an email. We we haven't even heard about COVID at this point in the States. 
And in December, we're in mid-December, you know, they're saying, hey, there's something going on here. Obviously, you guys don't know about it. Get all your stuff out right now. And at that point, we started taking all our goods that were there and getting it out of China right away. And, you know, when they, when, when China shuts down ports going into Chinese New Year, that's a serious thing. They never do that. So imagine, you know, nobody knowing about COVID and ports being shut down going into Chinese New Year 2020. We knew that, you know, the crap was hitting the fan at that point. Well, what do we, what, what are you expecting, Joe, going forward in, in 2022? Do you think, uh, um, the, the panic that we've been experiencing about uh, ports being log jammed is, has eased up enough that, that things should motor along kind of normally? I think eventually this year, I could definitely see at some point, it's not going to be initially, but I could see definitely further into the year, uh, the ports being a little bit more under control. But I feel like there's still going to be supply chain disruptions, chips. I mean, like you said, computer chips, that's the big giant question mark right now at this point. Um, when is that going to be solved? I have no idea when that's going to be solved. But I still think like a lot of different goods that are out there, either finished goods or um, raw materials, I think there's still going to be disruptions in 22. Um, it's, it's going to be a while, I think, until everything's solved. But I think things are going to get better this year. But I can tell you, like you were asking earlier about the ports and, you know, all these log jams and such. You know, um, I don't know if you read beforehand, but I know the government was, uh, the United States government said, hey, we're going to put a fine on any shipping company who has um, containers at ports that are sitting there idle because we need to get the stuff out of there, you know, because all these all these ports, they might have uh, space for the ships to come in. But if you have nowhere to put these large containers in the, in the shipyard... Yeah, they can't unload. It doesn't, do you, it doesn't do you any good. And what's crazy is right after that came out, I would say probably within a week that that order came out, our shipping company reached out to us and said, hey, guess what? If you guys get fined, like the shipping company, for, let's say, a container that our goods is on the shipping company was going to pass that fine on to us, even though we had no control over it whatsoever. So the government wanted to give the fines to the shipping companies, but then now the shipping companies are saying, hey, we're going to pass it on to whoever's goods are inside those containers. Well, and then that puts you in the position of saying, now you have to pass that on to the consumer. Absolutely. And, and we've been trying to hold the line in terms of pricing but as you probably have read i mean we we've seen uh, even starting wages at our company increase substantially 30 40 50 percent because there is so many people trying to attract um talent for different types of positions so we've had to raise our wages our we've seen um we produce all our stickers uh in-house and uh, we've seen the material that we print on see two price increases in a six-month period last year where our prices have went up like 25%. We've seen cardboard boxes go up substantially, like all this stuff. So obviously we tried to hold the line as much as we could, but at some point you had to raise prices. Now we know there's been a lot of pressure on um, manufacturers in the U.S. to... to 
try to go into the chip making business. Um, has does an operation like yours, Joe, start looking at and considering the possibility of getting your supplies more locally, or or maybe even picking other vendors than China? Absolutely, we have done that ourselves. Where beforehand we had a product that was made a hundred percent overseas, and we have found that there was just so many disruptions in terms of the um, the manufacturer not able to get all the parts for it or it just took, instead of it being 45 days to make a product, it could be 90 or 120 days. So what we did is, and this is something actually we just rolled out in the, 60 day, in the last 60 days, we took that relationship in China and said, hey, we only want you to make one part of this. And then we went to another manufacturer, but here in the United States, and said, hey, you make this other part for us, and then our staff here in Chicago will put both the pieces together. So it's nice because we went from 100% overseas-made product to 50% being made in the United States, but then 100% being assembled here in the United States. Uh, and we've been able to meet demand a lot better, and our price has actually dropped, believe it or not, by us doing it in-house. Yeah, I, I wonder about the um, uh, whether or not shipping ends up allowing you to, you know, buy goods cheaper if shipping is costing more, if it doesn't end up being sort of a wash. Yeah, and I think it also depends, like, how big your product is. I mean, yeah. I gave the example of, like, a keychain, super small. I can have that air shipped, and it's super cheap. But, like, a, a product like a flag, I mean, to, to kind of give you an example, if I had 100 University of Michigan flags shipped over from Shanghai, China, um, it would probably cost me right now for 100 of those between four and $500 to ship one box if I shipped it UPS or FedEx or DHL. If I threw that on a boat right now, and it was part of like a bigger shipment that we had sent over um, in a container, that same box right now would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $100. So you can see that'd be a huge cost savings. Oh, sure. But if, if, but if I shipped that prior to COVID and, and before all this craziness with um, container prices being so expensive, that same box probably would have been about fifteen dollars to twenty dollars. Hmm. So yeah. you can see if you if you make larger products that are heavier or just size ways are bigger, there's more of an incentive for you to find a local solution, either you know regionally or just somewhere in the states, because like you said, the shipping prices are so expensive right now. Well, yeah, it used to be that labor was so cheap that uh, the shipping was almost irrelevant, but now shipping's gotten so expensive that it's, you know, it's offsetting the, the labor sa savings. Absolutely. Um, are there certain kinds of things that people, you know, as they look forward to 2022, are there certain types of products that maybe people should avoid in terms of their own consumption or gift giving um, that might make things a little easier on them? 
Um, in like what context? Are you thinking well, are in, some in products? E- yeah, in general, are some products easier to get than other products? And if people know that there's going to be a problem with certain kinds of things, they sort of cross those off their list for now. You know, I I think again, I think it just all goes back to who the manufacturer is. Because if let's say you were trying to buy, you know, um, surgical masks, you know, or yeah. masks in general. You know, you might find one supplier super, super backed up because maybe they make them in Flint, Michigan, and the unemployment rate's super low, and factories just can't get people to work inside there. But then some another supplier is based in San Diego, California, and they're able to get workers, and they're able to manufacture enough. So I think with a lot of products, I think that you're going to find where someone's going to be able to to hit the demand. I mean, I wish that was the case of computer chips because everything, like you said, cars, and there's so many products that take it. But I can tell you from our consumers, because we had a pretty good array of customers from people that are looking for, like, Popeye products all the way to professional sports teams. We've seen a lot more um, consumers asking, where are these products made? Are they made ethically? And then what type of carbon footprint do the products have? Like, are you guys trying to do things like use recycled materials in your packaging or recycled materials within your product and stuff? So I think that's something that we're seeing be a trend, and I think that's going to be very big in 2022 is people asking those questions when and, they're buying stuff. And are those easy requests to fulfill, to respond to? Um, for us, yes, because for our company, we've made that a huge part of our company, trying to do um, I mean, all our stuff's ethically sourced regardless. So if it's made overseas, you know, we do factory audits, you know, all this other stuff. So we, And we know even where the raw goods are coming from. But I think it's been more challenging when it comes to trying to, you know, use more recyclable materials and stuff because, um, you know, so many companies are trying to make that push. So it's the capacity just isn't there yet. Um, an example would be we make stickers, we put them inside a cardboard envelope before we send them to Amazon warehouses, and that um, cardboard envelope is made of all recycled materials. It's really, really cool that we can find source a envelope. It's made in the south side of Chicago, and we've had many delays in getting them because so many um, companies are coming to this company to make those envelopes. Boy, that's a great problem to have, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) Well, Joe, I appreciate you spending time with me and the listeners uh, this morning. And um, thanks for spending this time with me. Keep up the good work. I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you, about Desert Cactus, and so on. Do you have a website? Yeah, so our website is desertcactus.com. Dot com, and that goes right to our website within Amazon, and people can browse all the different products and such that we have. Well, Joe, thanks again, and uh, again, keep up the good work. Take care. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye-bye. That was Joe Stefani. He is uh, president of Amazon e-commerce shop Desert Cactus. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner 
Program.com. From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Loan Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Flip Flip Technology. My community.
Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Milestones are never really recognized right away. It takes uh, oh, 50, 60 years before people realize what an achievement it is. Like, um, take for instance tobacco and uh, the discovery of tobacco. It was discovered by Sir Walter Raleigh, you know, he, and he sent it over to England from the colonies. and. Uh, it seems to me the uses of tobacco aren't obvious right off the bat, you know. And I imagine a phone conversation between Sir Walter Raleigh and the head of the West Indies Company in, in England uh, explaining about the shipment of tobacco that he had just sent over. I, I think it would go something like this. Yeah, who, who is it, Mary? Sir Walter Raleigh from the colony. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, put him on, will you? Uh, Harry? Yeah, you want to pick up the extension? It's, uh, it's Nutty Wall again. <laughs> hi, hi, Walt, baby. How are you, guy? How's, how's everything going? I think things are fine here, Walt. Did we get the what? Uh, the boatload of turkeys. Yeah, they, they arrived fine, Walt. Uh-huh. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're still here, Walt. Uh, they're, they're wandering all over London, as a matter of fact. Uh, see, that's, uh, that's an American holiday, Walt. But uh, 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 what, what is it this time, Walt? You, you, you got another winner for us, uh, do you? <laughs> tobacco. <laughs> What's tobacco, Walt? It's a kind of leaf. And you bought 80 tons of it. Uh, let me get this straight now. Well, you, you bought 80 tons of leaves? This, uh, this may come as kind of a surprise to you, Walt, but uh, uh, come fall in England here, we're kind of up to our... Uh, It isn't that kind of leaf. Uh, but what is it? A, a special food of some kind, is it, Well, Not exactly. It has a lot of different uses. Uh, like, what are some of the uses, Walt? Are, are you saying snuff, Walt? What's, what's snuff? You, you take a pinch of tobacco. <laughs> And you shove it up your nose. 
<laughs> and it makes you sneeze, huh? <laughs> I, I, I imagine it would, Walt, yeah. <laughs> Gee, uh, uh, Goldenrod seems to do it pretty well over here, Walt. <laughs> It has some other uses, though. You, you can chew it or put it in a pipe or, or you can shred it up and put it on a piece of paper and roll it up. <laughs> don't, don't tell me, Walt. Don't, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stick it in your ear, right, Walt? <laughs> all, all between your lips, Walt. Huh? <laughs> then, then what do you do to it, Walt? <laughs> you set fire to it, Walt. Huh? <laughs> then, then what do you do, Walt? You inhale the smoke. Uh, you know, Walt, it seems offhand like you can stand in front of your fireplace and have the same thing going for you, you know? <laughs> See, Walt, uh, we've been a little worried about you, you know? <laughs> Ever since you put your, your, your cape down over that mud, you know? See, Walt, I, I think you're going to have kind of a tough time uh, uh, selling people on sticking burning leaves in their mouth. You, it's going very big over there, is it? What, what's the matter, Walt? You spilt your what? Your coffee. What's, what's coffee, Walt? <laughs> that's, that's a drink you make out of beans, huh? <laughs> That's going over very big there, too, is it? A lot of people have the coffee right after their first cigarette in the morning. Huh? Is that what you call a burning leaves, Walt? Cigarettes? Uh-huh. I'll tell you what, Walt. Why don't you send us a boatload of those beans, too? If you can talk people into putting those burning leaves in their mouth, they got to go for those beans, Walt. Right. And listen, Walt. Don't call us. We'll call you. Right, Walt. Goodbye. Goodbye. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Every state has something its Rotary Club can boast of. Some product that the state produces the most of. Rhode Island is little but, oh my, it has a product anyone would buy. 
Texas from Arizona Beaches come from Georgia And lobsters come from Maine The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky Ain't the country lucky New Jersey gives us glue And you, you come from Rhode Island And little old Rhode Island is famous for you Cotton comes from Louisiana Gophers from Montana And spuds from Idaho They plow land in the cowland of Missouri Where most beef meant for roast beef seems to grow Grand Canyons come from Colorado Gold comes from Nevada Divorces also do Why should you be blue for you?
show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.